0: Welcome to the FBCLB podcast, where you'll find the preaching of Dave Delaney, pastor of the First Baptist Church of Long Beach. Thanks for listening. Hey, good evening. Good to be here tonight. And uh, I have been looking forward to this opportunity for a little bit now. And uh, I don't know if you all realize this or not. uh, You are a blessed people. You know that? Uh, you are a blessed people, and uh, I have really thoroughly enjoyed your pastor already, and uh, we don't go that far back. We go a little bit back, uh, but I feel like I know him well already, and I'm just thankful for your friendship, and uh, we, uh, he talked about that three-on-three basketball tournament. I heard about Dave Delaney years ago, heard about Pastor Dave, and, and uh, even heard him preach at, at leadership conference the first time, and, and uh, man, you talk about a great preacher, um, but I love his passion and you know Pastor Delaney is the kind of guy that when you talk to him I just feel like I would run through a brick wall for him wouldn't you uh, I just feel, man you know what he's excited about it, I get excited when he says something I think man you know what I think that's probably true uh, I, I, he says something he's probably said this to you as well he will say something in a lot of texts he will say you the man and uh, that's kind of, I think that's his thing. It's not just me, right? Is it? Probably just me. No one, you probably don't say that to anyone else, do you? Uh, when he says that to you, don't, you know, sometimes he says it in a way that at the beginning I'm kind of like, yeah, you know what, uh, no, you the man. He says it so passionately, I am just convinced when he says it, maybe I am the man, you know what I mean, maybe, maybe I am, you know, I think I am the man now, you know. And uh, he's just the kind of guy that I just love being around. And uh, we had a three on three tournament this year. I just knew he'd connect so well with our teenagers, and he did. And uh, here's what I appreciated. Here is this California cool guy coming into town, and and, uh, everyone just saw him and thought, man, this is going to be a great guy. Uh, We'll like his personality. But what I appreciated, he gave those teenagers the word. And uh, we had, uh, I think, close to 20 teenagers. And by the way, we don't just have them raise their hand and and say they they prayed a prayer. They stand up in front of all the other teenagers and all the other adults that are standing there in that service. Uh, They stand up from their seats and they walk down an aisle and they meet with one of our counselors and they go and they pray and they get some counsel before we even decide. We, we don't count them unless they've come forward and talked to a counselor. We had about 20 or so uh, this summer come and receive Jesus to be their Savior. And we've got some people in our church right now that over the years that three-on-three basketball tournament has brought them into our church. And I'm so thankful for what God is doing here at First Baptist Church uh, through your pastor and his family and through you you uh, listen let me just tell you something uh, a, a pastor is not Superman uh, as as great as this man and his wife and his family are they need people that are just behind the vision and behind what God's doing in this place and I want you to know this this is unusual what God is doing here at First Baptist Church, Long Beach, California. And so don't take it for granted. Uh, decide tonight, Hey, listen, I'm going to get on board. Whatever, whatever we're doing here, I want, I want in on that. I want to enjoy the blessings. You want to be making decisions like this. You should decide, you know what? What am I going to do? What's my priority of life? Here's where your priority ought to be. What will I be glad I did 100 years from now? Because you'll be alive. And if you're a believer, you'll be with God for 100 years from now. You're going to be thankful that that you got involved in the mission. You're going to be thankful that that you gave to this church. You're going to be thankful that you told your neighbor about Jesus Christ. You're going to be thankful that you got involved in in the missions program. You're going to be thankful that that you taught children here in this church. And you raised up your own kids to to follow Jesus. And you're going to be thankful that you worked with these teenagers. And you encouraged them by your example and your words. And and a 1,000 years from now, those are the things you'll be thankful. thankful for. Do you ever think about that? A million years from right now, you will be, if you're a believer, you'll be with God. You ever think about this? Um, We're not going to know. I I don't, well, I don't, I don't think we're going to know. I don't think we're going to enter heaven and go, wow, I know everything. I don't think it's going to be like that. You say, well, what are we going to do in heaven? I mean, is it like Maybe floating around in a little cloud, you know, and playing my harp, and that's going to get boring. I don't think we're going to know everything. I think one of the things we'll enjoy in heaven is to be able to develop relationships with people that on this earth we never knew. But through our faithful testimony, through our generous missions giving... Through our sacrifice and generosity to a church, sending out church planters and missionaries and and spreading the gospel, I think we're going to be in heaven and and there's going to be days in heaven that you'll come across somebody and you never knew who they were, but you figure out, wait a minute, hold on a minute. You got saved from that missionary. They told you the gospel. Hey, I was part of that. I was part of, I think in heaven one day there's going to be tears for years and years and years because you're going to find out through your faithfulness that God did something through you that you never even saw here on this earth. Hey, don't get so short-sighted that these 50, 60, 70 years here on this earth is all you have. A million years from now, you'll be thankful if you made God the priority of your life. Hey, would you take your Bible for a moment, Jonah chapter 1 here this evening for just a moment, Jonah chapter 1. I want to I read through this, this first chapter. I want to make just a few comments about it here tonight and, and we'll be finished. But Jonah chapter 1, what an interesting book Jonah is. Here we've got this missionary. Some have called him the, uh, the misdirected missionary. He's the wayward prophet. Here's this this man that is supposed to be out preaching and he's supposed to be pointing people to Jehovah. And yet, we find him in Jonah chapter 1 and he's doing everything that a man of God should not do. And I want to read through this for just a moment. Jonah chapter 1, let's go ahead and look at at verse number 1. The Bible says this in Jonah 1.1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, cry against it for their wickedness has come up before me. Verse 3, here's the problem. But Jonah rose up to flee into Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea. Isn't this interesting? Somebody preached a message and they and they had three points and the message was this. God said, go. Jonah said, no. And God said, oh. <laughs> and we see that here. But the Lord, notice verse number five. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man and was God and cast forth the wares that were into the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, "'What meanest thou, O sleeper, arise? Call upon thy God, if so be, that God will think upon us, that we perish not.' And they said, "'Everyone who was fellow, "'Come and let us cast lots, "'that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us.' So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, "'Tell us, we pray thee for whose cause this evil is upon us. "'What is thine occupation?' Whence comest thou? What is thy country, and of what people art thou? he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be calm unto us, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous? And he said unto them, Take me up, cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you, for I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to the land, but they could not. For the sea rotten and was tempestuous against them. Wherefore, they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life. And lay not upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, has done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah, cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Father, we we ask for your help tonight. Lord, we look in your word for these few moments, and Father, I pray that you would expose the truth to us. Lord, I'm thankful that that there are examples in the scriptures of people that that we can learn from. There's positive examples, and Father, we can certainly learn from that, but Lord, there's, there's others. Sometimes David was a positive example. Sometimes he was a negative one. Sometimes he showed us what to do, and sometimes he showed us what we shouldn't do. Lord, tonight we have an example of what we, we shouldn't do, but Lord, I pray that we would take the example that you have given us in your word. And Lord, I'm thankful that you give us everything. It's, it's the truth. We're looking into the, into the mind of God as we open the word tonight. Thank you for giving us both the good and the bad. And Father, I pray that we would understand what you want us to know tonight from this first chapter of Jonah. Help us to see the lessons and help us to make changes in our own lives as well. Bless these next few moments we have together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Bible says in verse number one, the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, notice what it says in verse two, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Do you ever look at something like that and say, well, Lord, if, um, that would be nice. I wish I, was, I wish I was in Jonah's generation. That would be, be very convenient. I wish I was in Moses' generation. That would be really, don't you sometimes think, Lord, if, if you would just tell me what to do, then then I would go out and do it. If you'll just tell me very clearly, if I could go out and and be on the backside of a desert and, and if I could be like Moses, you know, and I see that burning bush and, and I, I all of a sudden hear this voice booming out from heaven and, and I can hear God talk, man, I would do that. Boy, the, the Bible says that Jonah receives this message from the Lord and it is absolutely crystal clear. He says, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and, and, and preach and, and cry against it and warn them of their wicked ways. It's, it's this very clear call of God. Don't you sometimes wish that God would, would just give you that clear of a call? Can I just tell you something I want to help you for a moment? Teenagers that are in here, you're not married yet, one day you're going to be married. This is a, this is a marriage pro tip I'm about to give you right now. If you're married I'm going to help you with some some of the arguments in the home I'm just going to help you for a minute because when my wife and I first got married my wife would send me out to the store sometimes and and she'd say honey can you can you go get some milk can you pick up the bread can you get some eggs can you get some cheese can can you pick up the uh, the avocados you know and she'd give me a little list and and I'd head off to the store and pastor every single time I came home there was something I missed Every, how many husbands you understand this right you, you went to the store and you out of the goodness and gracious spirit that you had and the kindness of your heart you you wanted to help and you came home and they said well well what about this so i started to do something i don't remember everything i, I forget a lot of things so so i started to say well honey i don't mind going to the store i'm not, I'm not above helping around here i want to help you out but but if you're going to send me to the store you're going to give me a list Yeah, I need you to write it down because sometimes I forget. And by the way, sometimes I think you didn't tell me in the first place, but, but, but I, I, I'm gonna, we're gonna write this down. And so she would do this. So uh, I'd get ready to go to the store and, and she would write out this list and I would take this list from her and I would get ready to get out the door and she'd say, Oh, oh, uh, don't forget the, don't forget the milk while you're there. And I'd walk it back in and I'd say, you better write it on the list because if it ain't on the list, I'm not responsible for it. She'd say, hey, don't forget that it isn't on the list, you know, and so I'd, I'd take it to the store, I'd take my little pen, I'd, I'd mark that off, I'd bring it home, and, and uh, here's all the things. And sometimes my wife would say, well, you forgot the cheese. And I'd go to the bottom of the bag, and I'd pull out that list, and I'd look it over and say, it ain't on the list. If I'm not on the list, I'm not responsible for it. Hey, aren't you thankful that God took the time not just to, hey, okay, you're a believer now. Hey, let me sit you down and give you everything you ought to know. Aren't you thankful that God wrote it down for you? Yeah. Hey, every day of your life, God's given you this book that you can learn that, that this is going to give you the life God wants you to have. This is everything you need for righteousness. This is everything you need for growth. This is every. He gave you a book. He, he wrote it down. Amen. Hey, the problem I have most of the time is not what I don't know what to do. It's what I do know and I just don't do it God here says I've got a got a job for you Jonah. here's a you're the prophet of God I want you to go out and I want you to preach the word and the Bible says that he he does something different it says in verse number three but Jonah rose up to flee into Tarshish from the presence of the Lord hold on a minute Jonah you're the prophet of God you know better than that You, you can't escape the presence of God By the way, don't you sometimes think about that so negative? Oh, wow. You know, um, the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil. The Bible also says in the good. Yeah, you know, you run away from God, God sees it. You cannot get away from the eyes of God. He knows where you are. He knows what you say. He knows what you're doing. He knows the the, the two-faced lifestyle sometimes we live. He knows when you gossip. He knows when you're slandering. He knows all of that. And so we need to get that out of our lives. But aren't you thankful that in this passage, the Bible tells us that Jonah calls out from God, from the belly of the whale, and God hears him. You are never more than one step away from God. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what your relationship is with your spouse. I don't care what your relationship is with God. I don't care what your relationship is with any. The Bible says, call unto me. Draw nigh to God and God will draw nigh to you. Hey, listen, there is not a place in the world that you'll get away from God. The Bible says he rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He goes down to Joppa, he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof. You ever thought about that verse? That's strange. I don't know exactly what it looks like. I anyone ever ride a train? Ever ride a, has anyone ever ridden a bus, like a greyhound bus? Eight years ago, my, my wife and I, I was going to surprise her. She lived in Pensacola, Florida. I was a college student, and, and, or she lived in Jacksonville. Uh, I'm from Utah. And so I got on a Greyhound bus to go and surprise my wife before my last semester of college. And so I'd gone out and I'd bought a, a wedding ring. And, uh, pretty much spend everything I ever owned on this wedding ring. And, and I remember getting on this Greyhound bus and, and I walked into this, into this little area to do it. And, and there was these LED signs over these counters and it would say, this one's going to St. Louis and this one's going over to this place. And I remember getting on that bus and I took that thing all the way across the country. I had a leather jacket on. I put that ring inside of that leather jacket. I would go to sleep on the bus and I'd wake up in a panic and I would, I would grab my chest and just make sure the ring was, was still there. I don't, sometimes I picture this kind of being like that. You know, he walks in and, and Jonah walks in and there's these LED lights, you know, over the thing. I don't think it was really that way, but you know, I kind of picture it that way because that was my experience. And, and so Jonah walks in and he sees, hey, here's one going to Nineveh and here's one, but but wait, here's one going to Tarshish. And, and listen, I wonder if Jonah started to just kind of, to, to say, well, you know what, justify what's going on. I know there's one going to Nineveh, but those people in Tarshish, they need the Lord too. And, and so I've got to read. Hey, can I tell you something? When God calls you to do something the devil will always give you counterfeits. Yep. But when you decide that you're going to be faithful to church, God is all, or the devil is always going to begin to tempt you with something else. Hey, church is good, and go to church, and you ought to be there, but the devil's going to say, just not this Sunday. Hey, hey, giving is good and it's wonderful, but 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 hey, listen, just hold on to your tithe this week because you got this big thing coming up, and that washing machine broke down, and and so so do it, but but just do it later on. He's always gonna give you a counterfeit. But watch what it says. Jonah walks in and he pays the fare thereof. Now, isn't that kind of weird? Like, the reason I think it's weird is because we don't know anything else about Jonah's day. Like, where did he sleep? What did he eat for breakfast? What did he have for lunch? How long did he have to, to walk that day? Who did he come across? You say, well, well, Pastor Tate, why would we know that? That doesn't need to be, I mean, can you think if, if God just would have made this easier and not, not included all these Trivial statements that weren't really important. Think about how much easier our annual Bible reading would be. Just just narrow it down to the really important stuff. Well, I think God did that. I think words count in the scriptures. So so what does God do? He includes this little phrase, He pays the fare thereof. You kind of picture him. He walks up to one of the counters, it's headed Tarshish. he, He pulls out his wallet. He hands over the money. Why include that but not include his lunch? Why include that and not, not how far I had to walk? Why include that and not any other detail of his day? Here's why I think. This is, this is just my opinion, okay? So if you don't like this, you can go ahead and, and discard this and it's okay, right? And, and we'll be able to talk in all these years we have in heaven and you'll be able to say, hey, you were really wrong about that. But here's why I think. I think what God was telling us is this. Jonah, as long as you follow me, I will take care of you. Jonah, you, you, you go ahead and, and do what I'm telling you to do. I will provide for you. I will be your provider. I will, I will take care of every need that you have. But the moment you step away and you go another direction, Jonah, you are on your own. Here's what I found. David said it like this. When it comes to the faithfulness of Almighty God, David said, I was young now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. We just at our church in Castle Rock, we're getting ready to, we just broke ground September 18th on our first building. We've been in a school for 12 years. We're running a rented, your, your pastor came and preached in our, in our little rented facility. We could probably put five or six of our rented facilities into this auditorium. We voted unanimously to enter into a really big project. It's a lot bigger than us. If I told you how much The loan looked like today you would probably think I'm crazy and I would probably have to agree with you. One of the older ladies came up to me after the service, just a dear old saint. We had a unanimous vote. Let's move forward. She came up to me and I, I said, wow, it's starting to feel real now. She said, Pastor, it does feel real. She said, but I can tell you this, God's never let me down. 85 years old, she said, God's never let me down. Hey, can I just tell you this? I believe this is true with all of my heart. God takes care of those that honor him. And I think we just kind of get this little picture here where God says, all right, listen, Jonah, I had you. I've I've got you the whole way. But I'm going to put this in here because I want you to know, this is written for your learning, that, that you step out of line and you step out of what I want you to do. Then you are on your own. And listen to what it says. The Lord does this in verse number four. The Lord sent out a great wind There was a mighty tempest in the sea, so the ship was like to be broken. The mariners were afraid. They cried to every man, and was God. Think about how scary this was. This was not a small storm. These are sailors that are tough, mean men. Listen, these are men that are used to the waves. Uh, This is a storm. God has brought up this storm. This is a major storm. These men are out on on the deck of the ship, and they are crying everyone to his God. Watch what they do. They cast forth the wares that were into the ship, in the ship, into the sea to lighten it of them. Do you ever think about that phrase? They cast forth the wares. What, what's the wares? What, what is what is this? What's the wares? Wares is cargo. So, so here's what's happening, right? The storm is coming over the sides of the ship. The ship is rocking back and forth. They want to get that ship as high and buoyant above the water as they can. And so they go into the, in the bottom of the ship, and they start grabbing things up. They start grabbing up cargo. And, and, and by, by the way, listen, if you're going to go grab up cargo, what are you going to do? You're going to go into the things, and you're going to, you're going to start grabbing things up. And if I'm going to grab things up, I'm going to be looking through what I'm grabbing, come down to the sides of the ship and, and I notice right away, oh, here's a, uh, here's, a, here's a big old barrel. I don't know what's inside of it, but it just says Dave D. on it. Well, I don't know what's in that, but it ain't mine. It's easy to grab that thing up. You know, I don't know who Dave D is, but man, this thing is going over. And so we go to the sides and, and we throw that over the side. And we come over here and there's a big old barrel of, I don't know, broccoli. You know what I mean? Who needs that, right? I mean, we're, we're, we may die in this storm. So, so we grab that barrel up and we, and we, one, two, three, and we throw that over the side. And, hey, get rid of all of that. And, and we go down and everything we, we think we can afford to get rid of, we lose. Isn't this what happens in our lives as Christians? We get off the path God wants us to go. And God, out of his love for you. God loves you so much that as a father chasteneth his son whom he loveth. He loves you too much to let you get away with your sin. He loves you too much to make a shipwreck of your life. And so God begins to bring this storm in your life. And what do we do sometimes as believers? The thing we do is we start throwing over the sides of the ship the things we think we can afford to lose. They're throwing everything over the side they think they can get rid of, but they're throwing everything but the one thing that God was asking for. Hey, listen, when you got saved, you gave God your life. You said, God, I repent of my sin. God, I, I, I accept Jesus to be my Savior. God, I reject my own direction. I reject my own thoughts. I reject my own philosophy. I, I reject my own plans. God, I receive you to be my savior. And the problem with this sometimes is this, that we will give God all the little trinkets of our lives. Okay, I'll give you Sunday morning, Lord. Okay, I'll go to church. Okay, I'll give you this little thing over here. I'll give you this little part over here. And what God is looking for is a life. The problem with some Christians in this generation is we think we're doing God some big favor. By the way, I'm, I'm preaching to the Wednesday night crowd. This is like the, this is the serious crowd right here. I mean, Pastor Tate, what are you doing? I mean, these are, you're like, you're preaching to the choir, my friend. Hey, listen, sometimes even the Wednesday night crowd, sometimes even the, even the guest speaker, knows that God is saying, hold on, son, you haven't given your life. There may be someone here right now, you're giving God trinkets. You're giving God part. Hey, even down to your Wednesday nights. Hey, I'm serious. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. And yet you know that God is calling you to do something bigger. He's, he's stretching you by faith to reach out in farther directions. He, he wants you to do something that you've not. And you're saying, man, why am I still going through this storm? The reason you're still going through the storm is you've not surrendered to life. By the way, there's no better way than to live, than to give God your life. Have you ever had a moment in your life that, that um, you're so stressed out because you don't know what's going to happen? We went through, a, we went through a, a, a hurricane in Pensacola years ago. I remember that one of the men in our church... His house, in the middle of the night, they had to flee the house. The water was coming in and it was it was rising quickly and they had to, with their children, they had to flee the house. They lost the entire house. And in our Sunday school class, that very, like three days later, he sat in our Sunday school class and he raised his hand and he gave testimony and somebody had asked him, uh, hey, uh, how are you feeling about all of this? Are you nervous? Are you scared? I mean, you've lost everything you have. I mean, every picture you owned, every, every stitch of furniture you have, all the clothes you have, And he stood up and said this. He said, you know what? When we moved into that house, we gave it to God. He said, I walked to my house the day after the hurricane. And I saw the the mess, destruction, everything destroyed. He said this. He said, "Um, I looked up to God and I said, God, we gave you this. You got a mess. You're going to have to clean it up. (laughs) He said, "You know what? We gave that to God a long time ago. So whatever God wants to do, God can do. Amen. Man, that alleviates some stress in your life. Hey, you know what? I'm just going to trust you, Lord. I don't know how you're going to do it. I'm not sure you're going to figure it out. I'm just hey, with my giving, Lord, I'm just going. I'm just going to trust you. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to tithe and, and I'm going to give the way that I should, and I want to give to missions, and, and I'm just going to trust you. I love this story. Have you ever heard the story of of, of um." Truett Cathy. Did you ever hear a story? Chick fil A founder. Truett Cathy uh, built this, this incredible uh, chain of. of re- I don't think you like their fries, do you? Shame on you, sir. Uh, how many love Chick fil A? I mean, come on. Do you have Chick fil A's around here? All right. How many love their fries? You love their fries? All right. No, just you. Your pastor didn't love their fries. Christian chicken, my friend, and you don't love them? You know, Truett Cathy was told by everybody in the fast food business. 20% of your business is done on Sunday. You do not open on Sunday, you will never make it. Truett Cathy said this, he said, if I can't make it in six days with God's blessing, I'll never make it in seven without it. Hey, you'll live better on 90% of your income with God's blessing than you'll live on 100% without it. See, that's just, when you give your life to God, when you surrender everything, there's just something about the way God works. And here we find these these men, they're throwing everything over, but God's saying, no, no, I don't want your little things, I want your life. I don't want the trinkets, I I want everything. And and watch what happens here. The Bible says in verse number six, in verse number five, Jonah's gone down to the sides of the ship, he lays fast asleep. The shipmaster, verse number six, goes to him and says, what meanest thou, O sleeper? Call upon thy God. Look at verse 7. Everyone said to his fellow, Come, let us cast lots. They find that the lots fall on Jonah. Look at verse number 8. They said, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. And here's one of the saddest statements you will ever hear. What is thine occupation? You say, it doesn't sound that sad. <laughs> no, that's like one of the sad. Yeah, it's pretty sad. He's the prophet of God. But wait a minute, Jonah, you're telling me right now they don't know who you are? You're telling me, Jonah, that you have been charged by God to tell people who Jehovah is? You've been charged by God to point people to him? You've been charged by God to be a mouthpiece and you haven't said a word? Jonah, you are a sorry prophet. But then I've got to stop for just a minute. And I have to remember this. I don't always tell people the way I'm supposed to. Did you understand this? He is a prophet of God. Do you understand this? You are a mouthpiece for Jesus Christ. Do you get that? You are, when you were saved, you were told, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And sometimes they get so upset with Jonah and say, Jonah, what in the world? You're a prophet of God. You haven't said a word. Why wouldn't you talk to someone about, about who he is? And then I sometimes have to realize, you know what? I've not done such a great... I better not be too hard on Jonah. Hey, let me ask you something. If you were to walk in Sunday to this church... And your mechanic walked in. Or your hairdresser. Or your neighbor. What would they say to you? Would they see you across the way and go, hey, hey, this is amazing. We're here visiting the same church on the same day. This is just unbelievable. They'd have no idea that you even go here. (laughs) Or would they say, ah, the church you've been telling me about. Oh, this is the place that you love. This is where you're going every weekend. This is the place that that you've kind of made your home. Oh, the place you've been telling me about. Hey, I finally made it over here. Don't get too hard on Jonah, my friend. If we're not the mouthpiece, we're supposed to be. They look at him and say, what is thine occupation? Can I ask you something? What are you about? Two things. Will be in heaven that we have here on this earth, the Word of God and the souls of men. That the Word of God is settled. It's settled in heaven. It'll it'll be there forever. And the souls of men will be there as well. We need to make it our priority to be doing everything we can in the short amount of time, in the few years that we have. We need to send every missionary out we can. We need to send out every church planter we can. We need to encourage every pastor we can. We need to give the funds all that we can so that in this short amount of time that we can be about Jesus with the time that we have here on this earth. I think Jonah bows his head a little bit, and shame in verse 9, he says unto them, on a Hebrew, I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid, and they said unto him, why hast thou done this? Even the world is judging. Even the world is, is mocking. By the way, the world does not really care what you believe if you don't act on what you believe. They have no respect for somebody that says, oh, you say you follow the Bible, but you really don't follow the Bible. The world is okay with you as long as you do what you say you will do. But the world mocks when we don't. It says in, in verse number 11, then said they, what will we do to him? the sea may be calm unto us. They row, they fight, they try to, to get away. Nevertheless, in verse 13, the men row hard, but it's not working. Verse 14, they cry unto the Lord, and we said, they said, we beseech you, O Lord, that let us not perish for this man's life. Verse number 15, they took up Jonah, cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. And the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice, and the Lord made vows. Now watch what it says in verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. Isn't this interesting? Um, I don't know what your background is. I grew up in, in Sunday school class and I, my mom was one of our teachers, and and so I, I remember my mom. She would teach, and and we had what was called flannel graph. Anyone remember flannel graph? You know what that is? There's there's kind of this little felt type board, and you put these characters on it. And I remember, by the way, uh, Joseph was also Jesus, and Jesus was also Moses, and Moses. Was, I mean, there, there was you know you had to you had to kind of picture some of this. You know, we didn't have the technology we have today. And I remember that sometimes she would she would put these things up, and and um. When we talked about the story of Jonah, we'd see this this great big fish. And sometimes we picture them throwing Jonah over to the side. And by the way, Jonah is angry. He'd rather die than serve God. In this moment, he's not willing to repent. I'd rather die. Just throw me overboard. Hey, I'd rather rather go over the side of the ship than than do what God is asking me to do. I hate those Ninevites. They hate me. I don't want them to repent. I know God is so good that they will repent. I know God will forgive them. I don't want any of that. I would rather die than do. And so they give Jonah the old one, two, three. They throw him over the side. Oh, no, Lord, what are you going to do? Oh, Lord, did you think ahead of this? I mean, were you you thinking about what was going to happen, Lord? Oh, the Lord was thinking about it matter of fact a long time before that he was preparing a fish do you know what that means that means that at some point this great big fish was a little fish just a little just just little minnows. Some, You know, a lot of minnows don't make it. You know what I'm saying? You, you go out and sometimes you see the, the little water, you know, and there's all these little minnows. Well, listen, it'd be good fishing if all those minnows made it. You see the thousands of them, right? It'd be good fishing, if they, but they didn't all make it. You know, a lot of them die from disease. A lot of them get eaten by birds and other predatory fish. And, but I want you to know something. I want you to know this, and I want you to get this tonight. That little minnow that was swimming around with all those other hundreds of little minnows, no bird was getting that little minnow. You wonder why? Because God was preparing that little minnow. Hey, uh, one day that minnow gets to be like this, right? Uh, this is, this is kind of a, a story. kind of, well, maybe it got like this, but we said it got like this, you know, and, and so we're out there on the side of the bank fishing, you know, and, and I could just kind of picture us today. Of course, they had the nets, but we got the, we got the poles, and I don't know if you fish like I do, but I see a fish out there jump, and I'm gonna throw that bobber right on top of the fish, you know what I mean? I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw it right over there where that's at. Listen, I don't care how good of a fisherman you are, You ain't catching that fish. You want to know why? You want to know why you're not catching that fish? Because God was preparing that fish. And there was a day that that fish keeps on growing, and it's, it's bigger now, and it's growing up. And, and it's, a, it's a big fish. It's a great fish. It's a whale of a fish. And I don't know, maybe there's a big whaling boat that comes by, you know, and, and they've got the, the little sightseer up on the top, and he's looking, and he, he yells out, there she blows, you know, and they, and they take the harpoon, boom! They ain't catching that fish. They're not hitting that. You know why they're not going to get it? Because God was preparing that fish. And one day that great big old fish was swimming over here in these waters. And and all of a sudden God turns it around and kind of puts it over here in these waters. And all of a sudden this fish looks up. And the biggest worm he's ever seen falls right in front of him. It's Jonah. I'm talking about Jonah. Biggest worm he's ever seen falls right in front of him. Let me ask you something. If God can prepare a fish, if God can protect a fish, if God can direct a fish, what do you think He'll do for you? His child, His son, His daughter the one that he gave his son Jesus to die in your place. Hey, there's so many of us right now that say, you know what, I can't give my life overboard. I can't throw it all over. I can't give him every, I don't know what will happen. I'm not sure what he'll do with it. I'm not sure if he can handle it. I'm not sure if he's going to take care of me. I'm not sure if the outcome is going to be a good outcome or a bad outcome. And I want you to know this today. If he can prepare a fish and take care of that, what on earth do you think he will do with a believer that says, God, here I am. Every part of me, my, my pocketbook, my, my time, my talents, that the teaching ability you've given me, I'll give to the church. The, the ability to, you've given me to, to sweep the street, I'll do it. You want me to paint, I'll paint. You, you want me to, 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 to pray, I'll pray. Whatever you want me to do, God, I will give you everything. If God can take care of a fish, he can take care of you. Listen, here's here's Jonah. It's kind of crazy to think about now. You look at him and you say, well, Jonah, why on earth wouldn't you have done what you wanted God? God is so good. God is so kind. We look back at Jonah's life and say, Jonah, what is wrong with you? You can trust him. And I think if he was able to, Jonah would probably look over the banister of heaven. Say, hey, Tate, trust him. Hey, hey, church member, trust him. Hey, a member of First Baptist Church, Long Beach, California, the God of heaven who I ran away from, He can be trusted. He will take care of you. And by the way, no matter what happens in this short amount of time that we have from zero to, to 60 or 70 or 80 or if God gives us a thousand years from now, no matter what God chooses to do with your life here on this earth, whether it's blessed or challenging, whether everything just works out the way you'd want it to or not, a thousand years ago you will say, I'm glad I did. Amen. Hey, there's a little section of Hebrews chapter 11. Don't you love the first section of Hebrews chapter 11? Oh, man, by faith. And by faith they did. By faith they conquered. By And then there's this little part at the end of Hebrews that we hope we are not. Sawn asunder. You ever think about those two words? I go, Lord, I hope I'm not ever sawn asunder. That sounds, that's serious. Like, wow, what if what if everything went wrong? Wow, well, God didn't do, no, 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 no. That's pretty short-sighted. Because those Individuals that were sawn asunder, the writer of Hebrews records, the world was not worthy. Oh, listen, you ask Stephen today, who was stoned for his faith. You ask him, hey, do you regret that? I think Stephen says, are you kidding me right now? I am so thankful. I got to identify with my Jesus in that way. Listen, I I, I doubt that there's anyone in this room. I don't know the way the world is going I don't know by the way Jesus says if you love Jesus the world will hate you we had missions conference last week at our church on Friday night we've never done this we did a secret church all the lights were out we, we met late when you came in you had to give a passcode blessed and not forsaken was the passcode We made them give the Bibles up at the door. They had to drop their cell phones and their iPads off. They were given a candle and they walked in. We were able to sing just just real hushed, I surrender all. We just wanted to remind people that there are places around this world that they don't have the freedoms that we have. Hey, what what if that were to come into this country? is Jesus enough for you? Oh, no, no, pastor, I, yeah, I got saved and I want Jesus and I want my free time and my good fight. Lord, I want you to bless my, my 401k now and I want you to bless my, my house and I want you to bless my job and give me, hey, can I ask you something? Is Jesus enough for you? Because we sing that. But we'll sing songs like just give me Jesus. So whatever happens, are you willing to trust? Are you willing to give tonight? Are you willing to throw your life overboard and just simply say, God, for good or bad, for blessing on this earth or cursing, I trust you. Everything I have is yours.